0: Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast about personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth. You can reach me on the web at Neuwirthlaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com. So I want to talk to you today about minors, compromises, and how do people under the age of 18 file lawsuits. It's not particularly exciting area, but it's just part of what we do, and I thought it would be helpful for you. So Let's say that your 12-year-old boy is bitten by a dog and needs to have surgery on his arm. So that's a pretty straightforward easy case. You're going to be able to win your case. Most likely the insurance company, if there is one and they're, you know, willing to discuss the case, will settle the case with you for, you know, something like who knows, $100,000 if you've got surgery. And then you have a problem because you know really legally people under the age of 18 can't um, settle cases. They can't enter into contracts. They can't do anything that a normal adult can because they're not 18. So what do you do? Well what we have to do as lawyers is first of all you know a parent's gonna be the one signing the contract with the lawyer and Typically, while there it's not written down in stone, in Philadelphia and in most counties, the legal fee for minors is 25%, not 33%, 35%, or 40%, depending on the case. The courts have said it's okay to charge a 40% fee for adults because, you know, we have a lot on the line, but it, the courts routinely say that 25% is pretty much the ruler for minor's cases, no matter how large, unless, you know, you take a case all the way to trial and then maybe you get 33%. But the idea is, you know, we want the kid to have some money left over. First of all, so let's say you got a settlement in order, everyone's agreeing to it and it's good for the kid and good for the mom or good for the dad. What do we do? Well, we have to go to court and prove to the judge that it's a good settlement. Now, I have not seen a case where a judge said it wasn't a good settlement. But in order to prove to the judge that, you know, everything's done, there are a whole bunch of steps that need to be gone through. So this is like basic stuff that a lawyer does that, you know, uh, a parent really can't. It's not a good DIY situation. So usually what we have to do is establish for the court through a doctor or nurse's testimony that you know, the kids better or there's treatment in line and the kid will be better. You know, the judge wants to know that, you know, we didn't settle a case for 10 grand that the kid's going to need $200,000 worth of future surgery. So we got to get a letter and that's, you know, takes time and we have to get all the medical records together and that takes time and we have to establish who the proper parent is and we have to do a whole bunch of other things. Um, Usually, you know, usually it would take, you know, 60 to 90 days to get a proper minor's compromise done. Um, sometimes the big hiccup is that we got to work out uh, negotiating the health care lien for the child, and that sometimes takes more time than anything else. So you know, usually 60 to 90 days after a settlement, you will have made substantial progress or the case is heading towards settlement. In some of the counties, uh, practice is a little different. In Philadelphia, pretty much for the most part you know we file these cases um electronically file them with the court and the court will review them and issue an order electronically and we never actually have to go in with the child but i've been in delaware county and i think in bucks county as well and you actually have to schedule a time the court sets a time and you have to go in so it's usually another 30 to 60 days before you actually get uh, the judge's approval, and you don't get paid as a family until the judge approves the minor's compromise and a check is sent. So then, what happens? Well, then the courts are kind of old-fashioned, and most courts will say that we only want the child's check to go into either a savings account, which is going to bear you know hardly any interest, two percent if you're lucky, or I've seen some judges say it's okay to put it into a 529 account for college. So those are the two options. You can't run off and, you know, take your kid's money and go to Vegas. You're not supposed to just throw it into the stock market. You're definitely not supposed to buy, like, you know, gasoline or sheets or clothes. Um, so that's, like, kind of a weird thing. You know, this kid may have just gotten $100,000 or, or more likely, you know, kid will get fifteen grand. Um, or twenty five grand. The lawyer takes a quarter of that, so the kid's left with you know, let's say ten thousand dollars. Maybe the family's, you know, kind of down on their luck financially and needs needs that ten thousand dollars. Can they use that for just general family expenses? No, that's the kid's money, and it's supposed to stay there till they're eighteen. So you know, well, what can that money be used for? Really, that money is is for the health and well-being of the child, and it's not to be taken out until they're 18. And, you know, sometimes we ask judges saying, look, this is a poor family, they could use the money, or the child could use the money. A lot of times the judge will just say, no, leave the money there. When they're 18, they can decide what to do with it. But it's not proper legally for the parent to decide what to do with the money, because the parent might decide to use it for, you know, little Johnny's, sister or brother or for themselves, and that's not what the money's there for. The money's really officially, technically there for compensation for the kids' past suffering and compensation for future medical care if needed. So you know, essentially that's how things play out. Minors' compromises sometimes take longer than than the case itself. Um, I've had them drag on for six months or, or longer just because you're waiting for doctor's reports, you're waiting for Medicare, you're waiting for this, that, and the other thing to be collected so that the judge can have a fair read on things and, and approve your compromise. If you submit something and the judge doesn't like it, they're just going to kick it back to you and say, redo it. So, um, you know, that's essentially minor's compromises. It's a little frustrating. And the situation where you got to kind of put money away till the kid's 18 is a little frustrating for a lot of people. And from like a personal finance perspective, it's a little weird. Like the court is basically saying, hey, we want to force you to put this money into a savings account at 2%, which is going to you know result in hardly any growth of the money over time for the kid. And then you know when you've got a senior in high school, they're going to be given $10,000 or $100,000 with no real controls on it. So that's not usually a good situation because 18-year-olds are not great with money, um, and you're going to end up with kids kind of blowing through some cash, and you don't really want that, but that's unfortunately the way the system is set up. So it's a little, you know, it's one of the things we deal with as lawyers is, you know what, that's the system. It may not be the best way things are. It may not be ideal, but it protects most of the people most of the time. Um, generally. You know, it's not the best for every individual, certainly. It's not the best on any individual basis, but it generally protects um, people. So that is that. That's enough for today on minors' compromises. You know, I'd say I do two or three of them a year, and they always have their little wrinkles just like everything else I do. So if you have questions, email me through my website or give me a buzz at 215-259-3687. Thanks. That's Ask Andy for the day. I hold people accountable.